Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you today. Uh, looks like we're not able to broadcast on YouTube today for whatever reason. So to all of our friends on Blog Talk Radio, Omega Radio, and Facebook, uh, welcome to the broadcast. So I think Pastor Jeff probably knocked it out of the park last night and or yesterday. And uh, I think YouTube said, what? <laughs> and so here we are. And we are going to be looking for some other platforms, by the way, like Podbean and uh, maybe some others where we can get our uh, broadcast without so much overreach from uh, these so-called free speech uh, and Internet uh, companies and all the control fanatics that are out there uh, that will allow you to bring every filthy thing that you want to say onto the airwaves, but to speak against the present agenda uh, may not be such an easy thing to do. So I think Pastor Jeff probably knocked it out of the park last night, and that's why we're not on YouTube. However, that could be a mistake. That could be a total mistake. Maybe YouTube just kind of went through a refreshing of some sort. So anyways, to those of you that are joining us this morning on Facebook, on Blog Talk Radio, and on Omega Radio, good morning. And what a Friday morning it is. We continue to hear about end-time events unfolding before our eyes. And I was thinking uh, about coming on the air this morning and what life would be like without the Bible, what life would be like without faith in God or a true faith in a true God, 
and what life would be like just looking at the times, looking at what's going on in our world today, and having no reference for it. Maybe you could refer to a Nostradamus or some other ancient prophet out there that spoke about something. But in sincerity, it is amazing to me that as a uh, student of the Bible, as one who believes that the Bible is the Word of God, to view the content of the world today um, is phenomenal. It is absolutely phenomenal. Right now, <clears throat> we are witnessing a, a uh, uprise, an uptick of men's emotions, and people are becoming more frantic. Uh, not all, not all, but there are people that are becoming more frantic and are uh, moving in the direction of panic. Uh, there is definitely a stirring of the emotions uh, in men's hearts, and I'm talking about males and females, not just males. So while I observe and, and watch my own heart and observe what I see going on around the world and the videos and the podcasts and, you know, all the different things. Now we have August 11th. There's going to be a shutting down of the phones. There's, they've done this before. Uh, the warning for EMPs and shutting down the system um, for this reason or that reason. Um, you know, these are, these are very real. They're, they're, they're people talking about things. But at the same time, when I look through the scriptures, I'm not surprised, nor should you be, about what's going on in the world today. I'm not surprised that in the year 2020, we went through an evil event, an evil event. And I think, you know, for maybe my own thinking here today, I want to go back to Isaiah, and you'll forgive me if you've been here many times with me, but I just want to show you the biblicity of what's happening in our world today. In Isaiah chapter 47, and I want to begin in verse 1, okay? I would normally begin in verse 11, but I want to begin in verse 1, because I believe this is a message to the uh, United States of America, but I also believe it's a message to the system of Babylon, okay, all over the world. So Isaiah 47, verse 1, come down and sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon. <clears throat> sit on the ground. There is no throne, O daughter of the Chaldeans. For thou shalt no more be called tender and delicate. What, that's so sad that a nation that was once called tender and delicate, you will no longer be called that. Take the millstones <clears throat> and grind meal. Uncover your locks, make bare the leg, uncover the thigh, pass over the rivers. It's all allegorical for the shame of your nakedness is about to be revealed. Verse 3, your nakedness shall be uncovered, yea, your shame shall be seen. I will take vengeance, and I will not meet thee as a man. As for our Redeemer, here's the good news, the Lord of hosts is his name, the Holy One of Israel. <clears throat> Verse 5, sit thou silent and get thee into darkness, O daughter of the Chaldeans, for thou shalt no more be called the Lady of Kingdoms, the Lady of Kingdoms. 
I was wroth with my people. I have polluted my inheritance and given them into thine hand. Thou didst show them no mercy upon the ancient. Hast thou very heavily laid thy yoke? And you can see that happening where the, the ancient reality of our nation, the heavy yoke of oppression being put upon and breaking historical realities. Verse 7 says, as you said, I shall be a lady forever so that you did not lay these things to your heart, neither did you remember the latter end of it. Therefore, hear now this, thou that are given to pleasures, that dwellest carelessly, that says in your heart, I am, and none other or none else beside me. I shall not sit as a widow, neither shall I know the loss of children. This is Babylon's boast. This is uh, the Lady of Kingdom's boast. This is the Statue of Liberty. This is the United States of America. This is uh, the greatest nation on the face of the earth, boasting, I will not be a widow. I will see no sorrow among my children. But these two things in verse 9 shall come to you in a moment in one day, the loss of children and widowhood. They shall come upon you in their perfection for the multitude of thy sorceries and for the great abundance of thine enchantments. How many of you believe that we live in a world that is filled with sorcery, magic, witchcraft, deception, lies? I mean, the smoke and mirrors of Hollywood cannot compare to what the satanic has done in our society and around the world and how we have stirred the witch's brew and sent forth the potion around the world to uh, mesmerize the mind of man and to bring him under a delusion, a deception, a lie. Um, it, it, it's such a strong brew. And the witches are hilarious about this. And the warlocks and the Satanists and the Luciferians and the satanic priesthood, they are giddy with their abilities right now because of the satanic that is interchanging with their magic that is working strongly now. And so we're seeing this brew go forth, this potion over the nations of the earth. And truly man's minds are being captivated by the powers of darkness. I mean, there's really no doubt about it. When you start hearing Christian men saying that abortion is okay with God, homosexuality is okay with God. When you see denominational uh, you know, churches going down the path of capitulation, toleration, no longer standing as a beacon light for those who are in the darkness to come to, but actually condescending and going into darkness themselves. This is witchcraft. And the nations of the earth who have turned on their one-eyed beast called the television for years and have listened to the narrative of the sitcom and now to the belly of the beast of Hollywood have entertained demons. Uh, they drink from the cup of the Lord and from the cup of demons. Uh, which Paul said in Corinthians, you cannot do that, right? But by doing so, they have gotten themselves intertangled. They have mixed the water with the wine and have become diluted in their own thinking, in their own minds. And then in verse 10, for thou hast trusted in your wickedness. And America, believe it or not, have trusted in their wickedness a lot more in the last generation than in the Lord God Almighty. The fathers of this nation, the founding fathers, trusted in the Lord. They didn't trust in their wickedness, their deception, their propaganda, you know, all of their ingenuity and prowess to, uh, you know, work with the nations of the earth and all of those things. For you have trusted in your wickedness. You have said, none sees me. 
No one is watching. I got this. I got it. I'm getting away with this. Your wisdom and your knowledge, it has perverted you. Your wisdom and your knowledge, it has perverted you. And you have said in your heart, I am and none else beside me. That is when a nation, a society, or an individual says in their heart, there's no God that I have to be accountable to. There's no God that I have to, you know, face in a day of judgment. I am. And that is the heart of Satan. I am and there is no other, right? And so when nations begin to do things that are contrary to the creator, this is biblical, okay? When they do things contrary to the creator, what they're basically saying is, I have nothing to do with a creator. I am. I am. I, I, I came forth out of the soup of a Big Bang or some evolutionary idea that one may possess. Just the idea of being done with and rid of a God that I have to give an account to, a God that may be angry with my actions, a God who may hold me accountable for the things I've done in my body. Well, what the world is saying is, no, we're not going with any God. As a matter of fact, the whole communistic agenda here is to eradicate the world from God and eradicate God out of the world. How? By eliminating, eradicating him, erasing him out of the mind of man, by mocking God, by scoffing God, by, you know, uh, just doing everything in one's power to defy him, to show the world, look what we can do. We could slaughter 90 million innocent babies. We could have homosexual acts and perversion all over the world. There's no God that's doing anything. And here they are willingly ignorant, biblically speaking, Second Peter chapter 3. They are willingly ignorant that the time came that God flooded the entire earth. And so the world today is also very willingly ignorant of the accountability that they're going to have and consequences for what they've done when God moves his holy hand. Okay. So right now the nations of the earth are doing everything in their power to rid the world, to rid the world of God and Lucifer to step into the Antichrist position and declare himself to be God as a man. And so what the world is going to look at is a man who is empowered by the satanic, the devil himself, you know, clothed in human flesh, clothed in a body, wearing clothes, having a language, speaking. The devil is going to take on this form according to the Bible. Now, without the Bible, none of this means anything. But biblically speaking, it's wisdom. Okay, so they want to get rid of the Bible because it exposes their agenda, and they're really not that concerned about it right now because people have been abandoning the biblical text for a very long time, and very few are actually looking through the lens of Scripture at the signs of the times. Now, verse 11, all right, and this is why it wasn't surprising to me, and it's not surprising to me to be where we are because it was on the, in, in the month of uh, March, I think it was, of 2020, when before the first case of coronavirus showed up, this is the word of the Lord. This is what God said, speak over Kerm Radio, speak over the airwaves, get this message out there. And what was that message? Therefore, because of the condition of the heart of those that are moving in that direction, shall evil come upon you. Shall evil come upon you. And I can remember today, like it was yesterday, that 
the day of evil came upon the United States of America. I remember speaking the words that an evil is coming and then shouting out, this is what's going to happen. An evil is coming. Something evil is coming. This was the day before coronavirus hit. Thou shalt not know from whence it rises. In other words, you're not going to know where it came from. That we were told it was from Wuhan, China. And then there were all these different ideas, whether or not it was, whether it was from Iran or some other place, only God knew. Everybody got confused. So an evil came. They did not know from whence it rose. And then it said, and mischief shall fall upon you. Mischief, deceit, sorcery, trickery, confusion, the satanic energy of the witch's brew. Okay, so sorcery, a mischief shall fall upon the nation, and certainly mischief has fallen upon our nation. Mischief in the voting machines, mischief in the, uh, the elections, mischief has broken out upon the United States of America, and people basically don't know why or how this happened, and it was that an evil had come. The evil was the, the debacle of the COVID-19, and the evil came. They didn't know where it came from. Then the mischief came through that mechanism of uh, this trick, this scheme, okay? And then came the mischief. Thou shalt not be able to put it off was the next part of this prophecy. And that's what's been happening. We're now into the year 2021. We're a year and a half down the road. People have been trying to put it off, get back to normal, and it's not going back to normal. It is not going back to normal. And you have to open your eyes. You have to open your ears. You have to accept the fact that the word of God was spoken before the events began to come so that God would always have a witness of the truth. So you don't have to be blinded by the deception. You could go back to the truth and know that God was saying, evil is coming, or you do not know from where, a mischief is going to rise, you're not going to be able to put it off. That's exactly what has happened in the last year and a half, okay? And then the final part of this, and desolation shall come upon you suddenly. Desolation. Now, I believe all parts of this particular prophecy have come to pass except that one. And so we have been waiting. I have been waiting. I've been watching, okay, how the word of God has been fulfilled. And if nobody else marveled in the whole world, I marvel at how excellent the Holy Spirit is that he proclaimed this word over the airwaves and uh, in the ears of people in Washington, D.C. themselves because the radio station was connected to the congressman of Arkansas, his father, uh, and that's all interconnected into, you know, Little Rock and Washington, D.C. So they were hearing me for seven years, and one of the, coming to the end of my time on that program, I launched this word by the Spirit of the Lord. Then I knew right now I sit here, and I know that God has spoken. I know that the Holy Spirit and the Word of God had predicted what is happening in this world before it happened. That is very clear. The part that has not been fulfilled as of yet, desolation shall come upon you suddenly, which you shall not know. Wow. So in other words, there's going to be somewhat of a... Uh, 
a lack of knowing and understanding and knowledge of what is about to transpire. So while people right now are getting frantic and they're getting, you know, nervous, and these are the words of God. They are going to be fulfilled no matter what. Sudden destruction is coming upon this nation. And what is that sudden destruction? Well, you remember we've talked about it several times that God had revealed to us in a Bible study out of the book of Ezekiel, and I'd like to go back to the book of Ezekiel and look at this again, and I believe it was from Ezekiel chapter 12. Uh, Actually, it was verse uh, chapter 14, I'm pretty sure. And so I'll pick it up in Ezekiel chapter 14. This also, before we got off the radio station, after launching, okay, um, Ezekiel 14 was the prophetic word. And we released it on the airwaves. And here's what it says. And I'm just going to read right through Ezekiel chapter 14. And I think I will begin in verse 12. The word of the Lord came again to me, saying, Son of man, when the land sins, and our land has sinned grievously against the Lord, when the land sins against me by trespassing grievously, there it is again, then will I stretch out my hand upon it and will break the staff of the bread thereof and will send famine upon it and will cut off man and beast from it. Though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, they should deliver but their own souls by their righteousness, saith the Lord God. If I cause noisome beasts to pass through the land, and they spoil it so that it be desolate, that no man may pass through because of the beasts, though these three men were in it, as I live, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver neither sons or daughters, They only shall be delivered, but the land shall be desolate. So here, you know, that was a refutation to the idea that if there be 50 righteous, God, will you spare it? And God said, I'd spare it. If there's 10 righteous, will you spare the land? And everybody used that for years. But here, the prophet Ezekiel says, only the righteous will be spared. And everybody else will be destroyed. They'll get caught in the snare. And so verse 17, or if I bring a sword upon that land and say, sword, go through the land so that I cut off man and beast from it, though these three men were in it as I live, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver neither sons nor daughters, but they only shall be delivered themselves. Or if I send a pestilence into that land and pour out my fury upon it in blood, To cut off from it man and beast, though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, as I live, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver neither son nor daughter. They shall not, they shall but deliver their own souls by their righteousness. So let's be clear about something, that only the rigidly righteous or the uncompromisingly righteous are going to survive the Holocaust of what is coming on this land and basically all over the earth. For thus saith the Lord God, and here was really part of the prophecy. For thus saith the Lord God, how much more when I send my four sore judgments upon Jerusalem? And I always equate that with Washington, D.C., the United States of America in our day and age. 
And then he named them the sword, the famine, the noisome beast, and the pestilence, the four sword judgments, to cut off from it man and beast. Yet behold, therein shall be left a remnant that shall be brought forth, sons and daughters. Behold, they shall come forth unto you, and you shall see their doings, and you shall be comforted concerning the evil that I have brought upon Jerusalem, even concerning all that I have brought upon it. Now, what is he saying? When you see what your children, the American citizenry, have been doing, you're going to justify my judgment because it's been so wicked. And then he says, okay, you're going to be okay with what I've done. So <clears throat> this is connected to some other scripture where he talks about four sword judgments. When we were talking about it on radio, the same time that this first uh, judgment was in the earth in this new phase, if you'll remember in Leviticus chapter 26, we talked about how God uh, uses phases of judgments to bring correction to a nation. And then if that first phase does not turn the nation back, he brings another phase. And with each phase, it's a little bit more intense. Okay. And so this is what God said. You could read it, Leviticus 26. So we've always tied that together. So we have certain phases of judgments that we go through. And every phase of judgment intended to turn America or the nation back to God failed. So a new phase. So back in 2020, while reading in Isaiah 47, Ezekiel, about the four sword judgments, I had two brothers with me on the radio. It was Pastor Ken Wagner and Pastor Michael Villarin. And while we were laying forth <clears throat> the four sword judgment conversation, Pastor Michael Villarin who used to live in La Jolla, California. He was a surfer in La Jolla. I mean, everybody knew the guy out there. He said on the radio broadcast, he said, you know, Pastor, I would like to, you know, kind of bring you an allegorical view to what you're saying about these four sore judgments. He said, as a surfer sitting upon the sea, all the surfers would wait for a set. And in a particular set, there were usually four waves. And we would wait, usually, for the fourth wave, the big surfers. In that set, the first wave would come, and some people would ride it. Then it would pass, the wave would go over, and then there'd be all that white foam and turmoil, and it would have to settle. Then the second wave would come, and some people would jump on that wave. But the more experienced surfers knew that if they waited it out, it was a set, that that fourth wave would come, and that third wave would come. And each wave was a little bit bigger than the one in front of it. That's why they waited for the big wave, the great wave. And so Michael said that these four sore judgments that we were talking about are like into four waves. So on that broadcast, Pastor Ken, Pastor Michael, and I, we, we kind of brought it together by the Spirit that the, there were four waves in this particular set of judgments. These are not the final judgments. These are the judgments that are a little bit more harsh than what was happening in the world prior to this particular phase. So we knew that there would be four waves that would hit the earth, that would hit the United States of America. So we named them. We named them on that broadcast. We said the first wave was the coronavirus that this is going to be a wave in this new set of judgments and that this wave would crash 
and all the foam would be there and all the turmoil because after a big wave crashes, there's a lot of turmoil in the water. And so we knew that then before anything happened, we called the second wave. And we said it will be the wave of anarchy and civil disobedience. We called it way back in 2020 in, uh, as this was, show was going on. And then not too many days later, probably three to five days later, suddenly a man in Minnesota by the name of George Floyd was killed and the nation broke out in protest, uh, civil disobedience, anarchy. And we watched it go on all the way through 2020 as we continued to see, and it led all the way up until the election, the re-election time that was supposed to come, the 2020 election. So from about April, May, June, July, August, September, October, going into November, we witnessed cities on fire, uh, Seattle, Portland, taking over city blocks, making no-go zones. Uh, we saw businesses destroyed, fires burning in cities, uh, government buildings like police buildings and others uh, going up in smoke. We saw vandalism. We saw people looting and we saw rioting and we saw violent images on our screen. We watched the civil disobedience and the anarchy. But what was amazing is that we called it the second wave. And so that first wave came and it was still in turmoil. The second wave came and still in turmoil. And then we called the third wave. And we said that the third wave would be the sword of war. It would be the wave of war. Now, we didn't understand exactly what kind of war. Would it, would it be a you know, political war, you know, word war? But in my mind, it was actual war would be the third wave in this particular set of judgment upon a nation that refused to repent and turn back to the Lord. And with these major crises hitting the earth, you would have thought by now that Americans would have been on their knees, humbling themselves before Almighty God, calling for the tender mercies of the Lord and for the healing balm of Gilead to come and wash the wound of our nation, to bring a healing to our soul to bring a, a, a restoration to our heart, to bring a unity back to our nation, and there would be an outcry. And we would have seen this major move of God begging the Lord for a gift of repentance to come upon the nation. But we, maybe in some pockets, but it didn't happen. And so instead, there was more trickery, more witchcraft, and leading all the way up to the 2020 elections in November. Now the great threat was on. The great threat was on, and everything looked like Donald Trump was going to win. And so the left were troubling the waters with their threats about what they were going to do if Donald Trump won. I mean, the world was boarding up. Washington, D.C. was boarding up. All the cities were boarding up for the intended violence that was going to hit the nation when, if Donald Trump won. And it was just this magnificent moment of climax of what's going to go on next. Well, Donald Trump was cheated through trickery, sorcery, magic, witchcraft, mischief out of the election. Obviously, over 2,000 witnesses described 
the fraud that was taking place. I mean, this is common news, right? So things seem to tone down for a moment. And again, this is all on the heels of that second wave. As we're moving into the third wave of war, which I believe is determined, it's at the door and it's ready to go. And I believe it's civil and I believe it's revolutionary and I believe it's a world war is coming, a very powerful world war. And all the nations of the earth are plotting, scheming and planning and as to what the agenda of this war would be. But it's God who said that he would send his four sword judgments on the land, particularly the greatest nation on the face of the earth that boasted a Judeo-Christian reality that if they don't repent, I'm going to send a sword upon this land. And I believe that sword is at the door and it's coming. And it's coming in a very large way. And we are there. I mean, any moment, any moment now, that war could break out with a nuclear weapon, uh, with an all-out attack somewhere, a cyber war that's going to shut down things. So anyways, we got into this third wave. We called the wave the wave of war. Donald Trump was excused. The American citizens rallied on January 6th, 2021, to go and support their president because before the transition of power would be official, many people in this country thought that Donald Trump had every right in the world to declare martial law, suspend the elections, stop everything until they understood the fraudulent activities that uh, my pillow, Mike Lindell, was saying the evidence was overwhelming. He was trying to show it everywhere, but it seemed that Fox News and Newsmax and CNN and all of them, left and right, they didn't want to have anything to do with suspending anything and going along with the narrative that there was fraudulent activity. And, and so they just ignored everything and they just pushed, well, Joe Biden won, Joe Biden, Fox News was doing it. It was so disgusting, really it was. And so you could see the whole, the whole country was moving away from Donald, but his supporters showed up on January 6, 2021, and they gathered by over a million people. I was there. I know how many people were there. I've got the video from a tree showing the, the reality of the people who were there. A very peaceful protest from the early morning all the way up through the speech of Donald Trump. Very peaceful protest. It was like a coming together for a unity meeting. It was unbelievable how much friendship and joy and peace and calm was there. And after the speech of the president, everybody was told to go to the Capitol and to stand up and shout and tell those that were in Congress, don't allow this to happen. Don't allow there to be a passing of anything from Mike Pence. And then a few hundred people did something and they broke a window, they scaled some walls, they were entering into the, the, the Congress building, the Capitol building, and we saw the videos of police officers saying, come on in, come on in, opening the gates. We saw no battle going on with people that were in the Capitol building. The police were just kind of waving them on. There were some high fives, people taking selfies with the police. So even the intrusion into the Capitol building was peaceful in comparison 
to what happened throughout 2020. The violent images of fire, looting, rioting, burning, killing for all those months in comparison to January 6th, there was no comparison. But they exploited January 6th because it had to do with Donald Trump and his followers. That was all part of this. And now we're in a place, we're already in August, and rather than things going away, things are are still around. Nothing is left, just like the prophecy said. And now comes the wave of war. And it's not surprising. And I'm talking about a very violent, bloody war. That is what is coming, and God is sending it on this land. He is sending the sword. I would not be surprised if it were the sword of Islam. I would not be surprised if God raised up the wild man once again and unleashed him, whereas he has been restrained for a while. I believe the Lord will allow for the releasing of that Islamic beast, and I believe that there are things set up for this country that people are going to, what they're fearing right now, when they see the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh dirty bomb go off in the cities of this country, I think things are going to get very unnerved. And now we're being told that they're going to blame the Trump supporters, the non-vaccined people, the people that supported the, pre- the president who are called by them racist, white supremacist, Christian conservatives with a biblical worldview of the end times, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to be a Nero blaming the Christians for the, Rome, uh, the Roman fire. It's going to be the Reichstag, again, blaming somebody for the Reichstag fire in Nazi Germany, all designed to promote Rome and Nazi Germany. And so this is the turmoil right now that's going on in the sea of humanity. The third wave of war is coming, and then we call the fourth wave. And the fourth wave that we called was an electromagnetic pulse, a lights out. So with this third wave of war that is coming, and when you see it, you need to know the fourth wave is on the way. On the way, the first two waves, one already had begun. It was known as that wave of coronavirus. The second was named by the Spirit, and it came to pass in perfection And now the wave of war is at the door. And when you see it, you know that fourth wave lights out. Now, we attributed that lights out scenario in this way. We went to Amos chapter 8. And in Amos chapter 8, here's what we found. Let's see if I can find Amos chapter 8. There it is. So I read this many times, probably for two years. This is the third year that we're reading this particular prophecy. And I want you to hear it because three years ago, when I read this prophecy over the airwaves, it was partially fulfilled in 2020. Listen to what the prophecy says. Thus hath the Lord God showed unto me, and behold, a basket of summer fruit. And he said, Amos, what do you see? And I said, a basket of summer fruit. 
Then said the Lord unto me, The end is come upon my people of Israel. I will not again pass by them anymore. So now in the Judeo-Christian nation of America, God's word from the prophet Amos having integrity, God is saying something about a summer basket of fruit and that he is passed, he's, he's not going to pass by anymore. In other words, he's not just going to let things go on. He's going to allow something to be released. And he says it this way. And the songs of the temple shall be howlings in that day. Now, just consider 2020, the church is shut down. There were no songs even allowed in sanctuaries in California and other places. He said, the songs of the temple shall be howlings in that day, saith the Lord God. There shall be many dead bodies in every place. They shall cast them forth with silence. And then we saw the images of 2020 of all those bodies being taken out of hospitals, those bodies being put into the freezer, the back of trucks that had the freezers. And we saw the images of dead bodies. There'd be many dead bodies, many dead bodies, many dead bodies. And now in verse 9, it shall come to pass in that day. So we saw a partial fulfillment of Amos' prophecy, but then it got into this language. In Amos 8, 9, it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord God, that I will cause the sun to go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in the clear day. I will darken the earth in the clear day. So either God will allow for an electromagnetic pulse, some software programming to fry the electrical grid, or God himself would send a cronial mass ejection from the sun that he created, a weapon of his own warfare, and release a wave, a cronial mass ejection that will wipe out the entire grid around the world. God said he would darken the earth in the clear day. Now, this prophecy I began to read three years ago, and it says that I will turn your feast into mourning. So when I looked at the summer fruit, that was the time that God was saying, this basket of summer fruit. So watch for things to go on in the summer. Watch for things to go on in the summer. And then by the time you get to your feast, which would be the feast of uh, Rosh Hashanah or the Feast of Trumpets, uh, Yom Kippur or the Day of Atonement and the Feast of Tabernacles, the Lord was saying, I will turn your feast into mourning. And all your songs into lamentation. And I will bring up sackcloth upon all loins and baldness upon every head. And I will make it as the morning of an only son and the end thereof as a bitter day. So it gave the impression that summer events would transpire leading to the fall feast. And during those fall feasts, that's when the sorrow would hit. And then it went on to say, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And I sense that that famine is growing all over the earth right now, a famine of hearing the word of the Lord, and very few people really knowing, excuse me, or understanding what it is that is happening in our world today. Very few. Because many people are failing to look through the biblical lens at the signs of the times. Many people are looking at the events, but they're not really given interpretation. 
And what is the proper interpretation of what's going on in the world today? Number one, the wrath of God is upon the nations of the earth. The day of salvation is growing to a close. The door is about to shut on the day of salvation. And a moment is going to hit this earth. And that wrath of the Lord is all over the earth, the turmoil of the seas. The judgment of God is upon America and around the world. The proper interpretation to what is happening through the biblical lens, judgment and wrath. Judgment to turn the nation back to God. But when the judgments, all the phases of judgment, do not turn the nation back to God, wrath is poured out. This is biblical. And so people are wanting to go through all the world. What's the word of the Lord? What's the word of the Lord? And we still have the soothsayers, the prognosticators. We still have all of that kind of motivational speech and optimism going forward soothsaying the people, speaking smooth things, tell us what we want to hear. No more gloom and doom from you prophets. We want to see the glory, the good things of God come about, blah, blah, blah. When all that's been available in Christ Jesus all along, the beauty of the Lord, the, the, the peace of God, the victory of the Lord, all of that. Then it says that this famine that's coming, that they shall wander from sea to sea, from north even to the east, They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. They will not find the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord is in the earth. And I believe that the Bible, without it, I would understand fully getting into my opinion, my thoughts, my ideas, what's going to happen. I could even get into uh, predictatory thinking where I predict what's coming by my sense realm. But when the word of God is literally spoken and prophesied, in other words, God gives spiritual life to that word, and then that word begins to come to pass, you see, this is giving glory to God now. And so I want to turn back to Isaiah 47, Isaiah 47, where this whole thing broke out. So I just showed you that the fourth wave that was predicted on our radio broadcast by Pastor Ken, Pastor Michael, and I was that there would be the coronavirus, first wave, second wave, civil disobedience, anarchy came to pass, third wave, war on the way, at the door. Fourth waves, fourth wave, nearing towards the end of summer into the fall feasts, lights out, lights out. Could we go to war today? Could we go to war tomorrow? Could God send the sword into America this afternoon over this weekend? Could God allow for the sword of war, the sharp, furbished sword of the Lord? Do you know what I'm talking about? Can I show you the sharp sword that God would send? It's in Ezekiel chapter 21. So hold your finger in Isaiah, and let's go to Ezekiel chapter 21, and let's look at the sword of the Lord. In Ezekiel chapter 21, this is all prophetic. This is all everything God's been revealing through the years. And you be the judge. And I'm going to pick it up in verse 1. Ezekiel chapter 21, verse 1. The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set your face toward Jerusalem and drop your word toward the holy places 
and prophesy against the land of Israel. So in modern language, come to the Judeo-Christian nation, speak your word in the churches, the holy places, go to Washington, D.C., drop your words. In other words, speak these words and say to the land of America, thus saith the Lord, behold, I am against you. See, number one, that should send chills into every person, every inhabitant on this land. I don't care if Iran is against us, Russia is against us, China is against us. That means nothing. But when the Lord says, I am against you, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. So, I am against you and will draw forth my sword out of his sheath. I'm in Ezekiel 21. And will cut off from you the righteous and the wicked. The righteous and the wicked. These are not the uncompromisingly righteous, the rigidly righteous, the remnant righteous. These are those who proclaim a faith in Jesus Christ, and they've received the righteous, but they haven't worked it out, walked it out. They're not living in righteousness, not doing what is right. But this judgment's coming upon all, in other words, while all are on the earth. Verse 4. Seeing then that I will cut off from you the righteous and the wicked, therefore shall my sword go forth out of his sheath against all flesh, from the south to the north, that all flesh may know that I, the Lord, have drawn forth my sword out of his sheath. It shall not return anymore. So immediately we get this idea and we wonder, well, what is the sword of the Lord? What is the sword of the Lord? What sword is the Lord unsheathing? Well, in verse 6, Sigh therefore, thou son of man, with the breaking of your loins, and with bitterness sigh before their eyes. And it shall be when they say unto thee, Wherefore sighest thou, that you shall answer for the tidings, because it comes, because it comes, and every heart shall melt, And all hands shall be feeble, and every spirit shall faint, and all knees shall be weak as water. Behold, it cometh, and shall be brought to pass, saith the Lord God. So why will the prophet sigh and be bitter and lament before the people? Because he has heard the word of the Lord. He has heard what is coming on the land. He has seen that the sword of the Lord will be unsheathed against the land. And it's the Lord's sword. This takes the power away from every government, every administration, every man, woman, child on this earth. It is the Lord's power to do whatever he will, to put in the thoughts and into the heart of anyone that he so chooses to fulfill his will. You'll find that in Revelation 17. That's how the Lord does it. He puts his own thoughts into someone's heart to fulfill his will. So, what is the sword? We know it's going to do what? It's going to make every heart melt. Every hand is going to be feeble. All spirits shall faint. All knees shall be weak as water. And then in verse 8, again the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, prophesy and say, Thus saith the Lord, Say, A sword, a sword is sharpened. That means some sword, whatever the Lord's sword is, it is sharpened 
and also furbished. It is sharpened to make a sore slaughter. It is furbished that it may glitter. We read this years ago about this sword of the Lord, and now in the context of the third wave of war, there's a sword of the Lord that's going to be unsheathed. It is prepared for a slaughter. It has been furbished. It has been polished. In other words, this sword of the Lord is sharpened in its skill, accuracy, ability. In other words, the Lord's sword, whatever it is, is going to have impact. It's going to work perfectly. Now, what is this sword? Well, it's ready for a slaughter. And then I just want to get to verse, I mean, I'll read through it. It says in verse, uh, the latter part of 10, it is sharpened to make a sore slaughter. It is furbished that it may glitter. Should we then make mirth? In other words, should we all be giddy? It contemns the rod of my son as every tree, and he has given it to be furbished that it may be handled. Uh-oh, watch now. So the sword is sharp, it's furbished, it's polished, it's ready to go. But he did what? He has given it to be furbished that it may be handled. This sword is sharpened and it is furbished to give it into the hand of the slayer. So the slayer, whoever God chooses, God is going to put his sharp sword with skill, impact, perfection, okay? He's going to put it in the hand of a slayer. Now, in context, who was the hand? Who was the slayer? What is the sword? Well, in those days, it was the king of Babylon, as you're going to see in just a little bit. But in our days, could that be the nation of Islam? Could it be some other terror organization restructured, reorganized, reformed? Could it be another ISIS? Could it be the sleeper cells in the United States of America, the terror cells? Could it be those Islamic wild man beast cells that are going to be released? Because again, man's agencies of CIA, FBI, Homeland Security, they will not be able to stop the sword of the Lord. They will not be able to detect when the Lord puts it in the hand of a slayer and they use that sword for sharp, sore slaughter. And this is what God says. This is the sword. Is it the sword? Is the sword dirty bombs, nuclear weapons? Will there be eventually, finally, the release of 7 to 15 nuclear bombs going off in 7 to 15 of our major cities across this nation on the same day, within the same hour? Will it be a 9-11 event times 15? What would that do to the United States of America right now? Dirty bombs going off in cities, multiplicity, multiple cities being nuked at the same time. Well, it would collapse the economy. It would bring us under martial law. It would bring us into what God said he was going to do. But I want you to notice, these are not man-made plans. They are God-made plans. They are prophetic words of the Lord. 
They are prophetic words of God. Now, if you don't believe the Bible, if you don't believe in the prophets, if you don't give the prophets any place in your thinking because you think you're a New Testament believer, well, you're misunderstanding New Testament theology then. Because the Apostle Paul said, listen to what the prophets said and don't do what the nation of Israel did because what the prophets said to them that were fulfilled will happen to you too. You better listen to the prophets. I mean, ultimately, we listen to the Son of God, but did he not prophesy himself? Did not Jesus Christ give a prophetic word to the destruction of Jerusalem? Did he not declare what would be in the end as a prophet? Of course he did. But the salvation message is in the Son. The grace of God is in the Son. We get that. We understand that. But to turn away from Bible prophecy right now is a foolish thing to do in my understanding of Scripture. So he goes on and he says, cry and howl, son of man. I feel like I'm crying and howling right now, right? Cry and howl, son of man, for it shall be upon my people, my nation, my Judeo-Christian nation. It shall be upon all the princes of Israel, all the leadership in Washington, D.C., Terrors by reason of the sword shall be upon my people. Smite, therefore, upon your thigh, because it is a trial. And what if the sword contemn even the rod? It shall be no more, saith the Lord God. Thou, therefore, son of man, let me continue just a little more in Ezekiel 21, verse 14. Thou, therefore, son of man, prophesy. Smite your hands together. And let the sword be doubled the third time. The third time. First wave of war, coronavirus. Second wave of war, civil disobedience, anarchy. Third wave of war, third time, sword of war. Let it be doubled the third time, the sword of the slain. It is the sword of the great men that are slain, which enters into their private chambers I have set the point of the sword against all their gates. Ooh. The point of the sword, the sharp sword designed to slaughter. He has set the tip of it at every gate of the cities of America. That their heart may faint and their ruins be multiplied. And then God says, ah. It is made bright. It is wrapped up for the slaughter, this weapon of mass destruction, this sword of the Lord, given into the hand of a slayer, somebody that would actually be willing to release it. Might wonder who that might be. Could be China, right? Could be Russia. Could be North Korea. Could be Iran. I believe it's the wild man, the wild man whose hand is against every man's hand and every man's hand is against them, the wild man, the wild ass of a man, the wild beast of a man designed to dwell in the midst of the people. Whatever it is, most likely the news media today will report it as the Christians did it. Or something like that. Whatever it is, it is here. The tip of that sword is at every gate of the cities of this nation. 
And then he tells us who it is. In verse, 20, verse, eight, uh, verse 19, also thou son of man, appoint thee two ways that the sword of the king of Babylon may come. So going back to Isaiah chapter 47, now why are we having this little Bible study in, in end time Bible prophecy? Because these are the things that God has been saying all along. In this ministry, from behind this pulpit, it has never ceased to change. These are the prophetic words of God. Why, do, why are they important? Because they're not men's opinions. They're not man's plans. They are how the Holy Spirit has been allowing for God's narrative to show up so that people that are seeking the Lord may understand what is going on. Now, all the trickery and deception up here, where all the witchcraft and magic and all that's happening, the word of the Lord is stronger than all of it. And they may think the left is doing their thing and the right doing their thing, and they all may have their agendas and governments think they're doing and blah, blah, blah. And it's all this stuff going up here, but it's the word of the Lord that we look at. It's what we listen to. Thank God we are not in famine of hearing the words of the Lord in this house. We do not have a famine. We have heard the word of the Lord. And we understand that the judgment of God is upon our nation, intended to turn it back, but rather than turning back, it went further away. So a new phase of judgment came into the land. And those first two waves are still swirling around, and that third wave is coming, and it's a biggie. And that fourth wave lights out. And that brings me back 30 years ago when I was taken into space, brand new pastor, knowing nothing, went up into space, I looked upon the earth, and it was dark. And then I saw little lights in the North American continent scattered, one over here and one over here. And it was 30 years ago that God began to reveal to me the time will come where the earth will go dark. We are now living in those days. You can listen to podcasts everywhere. We've been saying this along with others from the beginning. This is where things are going, and you need to pay attention. You need to be sober and watchful and ready and prepared. You need to avoid all the chatter, all the babble that's going on up here. You don't need to listen to the babble that's going on up here. You need to go deeper in your perception, your ability, and you need to hear, and you need to see the word of the Lord. You need to know there's no turning back. We have crossed the point of no return. There is no returning. We have crossed the point of no return. That's what the Lord said in 2003. 18 years have revealed that's the truth. And you could stay up here, and you could live up here, and go back and forth and be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, and one day you're saying, oh, it's going to be this way, and then it doesn't look, so now you're going, oh, it's going to be this way. This ministry never did that. We stayed the course. We were shown in a dream that Joe Biden won the election. 
God showed us in a dream, along with all this other prophecy, and tons more. God showed in a dream Joe Biden in a blue suit, blue tie, won the election down in the tunnel, but he was nervous. And everybody tried to interpret nervous and what that means. But what happened? He won. He was inaugurated in a blue suit and a blue tie, just like God said. And when it looked impossible that Joe Biden would even be in the race after seven months, we saw saw this 12 months, 14 months before it ever happened. And we told it over and over and over, Joe Biden, Joe Biden. People were laughing, mocking, raising their eyebrows, telling me it was a nightmare, blah, blah, blah. But it happened, and we never derailed. We never said, that's impossible. You know, that must have been Twinkies and cupcakes and ding-dongs. No, it happened, just like God showed. Now the interpretation, he's in. And everybody's going, well, that's because, you know, he's nervous because Donald's coming back. That's an interpretation. But I will tell you this, America will never come back. America will be destroyed by the sword of the Lord that's being released against it. And all the soothsayers and all the people that just got it wrong, listen, I know about getting it wrong, and, you know, with every glimmer of hope, someone says, yeah, see, there it is, we're going to be okay. No, not according to biblical interpretation. God's wrath is now coming because of the refusal to turn with the judgment. That is biblical. Now, if you don't have a Bible, my goodness gracious, let's get rid of the Bible. Let's all gather together as American citizens. Let's all put on our patriot warfare, and let's go to war. The only problem with that is we we, we cannot do away with the Bible. We understand why America is under judgment. Why? The church has been under judgment for how long? The church in America, who is it? Laodicea. Laodicea. I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, but you don't know that you're miserable, poor, blind, and naked. The condition of the church in America is wretched. It's bleeding. It's mangled. It's been ripped to shreds and is in shock. See, the church in America is in shock. They can't believe what's going on. They they have toned out. They are in shock. And so they just keep going in the shock of their... I told you the story. How many times? I told you the story in San Diego, California, many years ago. It was like a Tuesday, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, sunny blue skies, Rancho Bernardo, Middle of the day, nobody around. I'm driving up the road, and I come upon a scene. And in that scene, these two elderly people in their 80s were holding each other, terrified, standing outside their car. About 100 yards away, a man laying in the street, and his bike another 100 yards away, mangled to pieces. I run over to the man, and blood is pumping out of his head, pumping, pouring out of his head. I rip my shirt off. I put it around his head. His knee was wrapped around his neck. He was mangled, and I started praying over him. Dear God, what am I, you know, what's going on? And I'm praying and praying, and the man starts to yell at me, and he starts screaming, get away from me. I got to get on my bike and go. I got to get out of here. 
and he was so obnoxious, I stood up and I said, go, get up and go. And of course, he couldn't. The man was in pure shock. The ambulance finally came. They swept the man off the ground, put him into the wagon. I got back in my car. I drove up, and I slammed my car seat. And I began to weep, and I said, God, why did you have to show me that? And the Lord spoke to me as clearly as I'm speaking to you right now. And the Lord said, this is the condition of my church. They are in shock. They are bleeding. They have been ravaged by the wolves. They are broken. And they want to get up with all these dreams. I got to go. I got a destiny. I got, you know, I got to get up with all this stuff. But they can't budge. They're in shock. And the church today is in shock. They can't believe this. They can't understand how America has gotten itself so swiftly into this condition. And then again, if you go back three years on this radio station, the prophetic word of the Lord came out, acceleration, get ready for the acceleration of all things. All of a sudden, things are going to accelerate, go into high gear, rapid acceleration. I taught about acceleration and accelerant, how Donald Trump was an accelerant to accelerate the judgment upon the land, how his becoming the president was going to accelerate the the division to bring the further judgment. He was never sent to be a healer or a unifier. He was sent by God to accelerate the judgment of division because a house divided cannot stand. Ladies and gentlemen, we have, by the Holy Spirit, predicted everything that is going on in this country. And to say anything different would be man-pleasing, fearing men, losing friends, and at this point, we don't care. We are going to keep speaking the truth of what's going on in this country. And the Joe Bidens and the left and the Antifa and all that what's going on, the China, the Russia, it's all up here. It's just all up here. But underneath, beneath our feet, the columns are shaking. Those columns that have upheld our society are crumbling. The systems that nobody really sees how they work underground, the systems are being destroyed. It's beneath, it's underneath, it's perception, it's peering down deep into what the reality really is. And it's not what's going on up here. It is the word of the Lord who is sending judgment into this earth. And he's accelerating his judgment And the birth pangs are rapidly accelerating, and the intensification of each wave of pang is what is taking place. Isaiah 47, I read to you verse 11, and I want to just finish it up, because God was saying what again? He was saying that an evil's coming. It came. You don't know where it came from. That happened. Mischief shall fall upon you. It certainly did. You should not be able to put it off. We haven't. Now comes desolation comes suddenly. That's the next step. That's the war. That's the outbreak of this third wave. It's not one event. Obviously, corona wasn't one event, and the civil disobedience in our current anarchy wasn't one event. It lays around it. So the wave of war, the suddenly is coming, 
And then verse 12, here's what God says. This is such a repudiation, such a rebuke to the people of this country. And he says, stand now with your enchantments and with the multitude of your sorceries, wherein you have labored from your youth, if so be that you shall be able to profit, if so be you may, be, you may prevail. Thou art wearied in the multitude of thy counsels. Let now the astrologers and the stargazers and the monthly prognosticators stand up and save you from these things that shall come upon you. In other words, all your witchcraft, all your soothsaying, all your magic, all your prognostication, all of your putting in the liver and spells and all that stuff that you do to get your wisdom, it's not going to work. Behold, they shall be as stubble. The fire shall burn them. They shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame. There shall not be a coal to warm at nor fire to sit before it. So I put it all together. The Bible. Not an opinion, not exaggeration, not Hollywood movie themes, not feeding on fear. The Bible has predicted everything going on in the world, particularly the things that are happening within our nation. And you would think, you would think millions of people would be hitting this website. There are 10 people watching right now. 10 people are listening on Facebook. 10. You would think with the prophetic accuracy God's gift, grace, and anointing that millions of people would be viewing. And there are 10. And I am confident the day will come that we will be off the air. And what I have laid forth to those who have labored or have listened to this moment, may it be your wisdom the day that we go off the air and go into the wilderness. And I sense that day is coming swiftly. And you remember, when that war breaks, it was foretold by God in perfect timing and in perfect order of the waves that would hit. And you get ready for the lights out, because when the lights go out, between war and a lights out scenario, you talk about mass population reduction. Pain, sorrow, suffering, famine, sickness, disease, everything Leviticus 26 predicted would happen if you don't obey the Lord and turn to him when he sends his judgment. You remember, it has been accurate, it has been clear. So that's what I wanted to bring forth today, and I thank God for the Bible. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We live an abundant life. We have been so favored and blessed by God, and I am one of the, if not the most thankful man on the face of the earth, that the years that God has set me as a watchman on the wall, 
with a prophetic anointing and gift that he has put me in a position, at least in my own heart, I could look in the mirror and say, Lord, what you revealed to me is true. It has come to pass, and it surely shall come to pass. And I can warn as many as it would have an ear to hear, no hype, no sensationalism, just the word of God given to me to share with you. That's why we are on the Internet. And I am confident that our days on the Internet are numbered. But you have heard the truth, but you need to take it to your prayer closet. You need to go before the Lord because many people will and they'll hear these words and then some other thought will come in because once you get out of the word and you lift your head up and you're up here again, that's where all the confusion is. Thoughts, ideas, blah, 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 blah. What you just heard was pure and it was truth. So what is the message? The end has come upon this nation, upon its systems, upon its columns, internal destruction. And then most likely what Dimitri Dudeman once said, when we are troubled from within, then the nations beyond our borders will come against us with ferocity, thus fulfilling a 100-year-old prophecy that at the end of time in America, World War III would break out and the saints of God would be gathered into the middle of this nation and God would pour out his spirit amongst his remnants gathered in the middle of this nation. The gathering's already underway. People are leaving the coasts. They understand there's an awakening and this is the mercy of God. My prayer to all of you is that all of your loved ones, all of your friends, all of your family would be quickened by the Holy Spirit of God as Abraham prayed for his, his nephew Lot to be delivered. I pray for them to want to know the Lord, not out of fear, but out of God's great love and mercy and grace and his loving kindness. I pray for the salvation of the Lord as that door is closing the day of salvation, that door is closing. And I pray that your loved ones would find their way into the eternal ark of salvation, Jesus Christ, and then would gather themselves into the ark of the Lord in these last days or be willing to go into the wilderness wherever he leads and to be preserved and protected like the church of Philadelphia, to enter into your chambers and shut the door until the indignation be overpassed to prepare for martyrdom, to prepare for persecution, to know that the love of many will wax cold and many believers will begin to hate one another and betray one another and persecution will come against the church. It will be all around. But you have a promise. A thousand shall fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with your eyes shall you see and behold the reward of the wicked. That is to those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High and abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will save the Lord. He is my refuge, my rock, my God, and him will I trust. There is 
a righteous remnant that will be supernaturally inoculated through the blood of Jesus Christ against the world's diseases, who will be supernaturally protected as Israel was when the angel of death passed by. He saw the blood on their lent, the lentil of their home. They were spared. There is a supernatural abundant provision of food for those going into the wilderness and water, even out of a rock. There is a supernatural God that is able to do supernatural things. There is an unction and an anointing that will remain in the righteous, and there will be so much glory. For I remember 30 years ago seeing the lights out, and then those little lighthouses, and then going into one of those houses in the Spirit and sensing the weighty anointing of God and the glory of God, and there were people healed, and the fragrance of the presence of God in a little house with seven or eight people. Oh, my God, was it glorious and protected, for I will set a defense upon all the glory that is upon every house. Isaiah chapter 5, 4 or 5, right? I saw it. Find your way into Jesus Christ. Find your way into the center of his heart. Be the apple of his eye. Love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love the Lord your God and be not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Get close to his heart. Draw near to his heart. Turn away from all things evil and wicked and walk with the Lord. Walk with the Lord. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Don't be led by your emotions. Don't get up here and listen to all the babble. Know what God said. Know what time it is. One of the prophetic ministries of the prophets was to declare unto Israel what time it was. And you have to know what time it is. And if you go back and forth and are double-minded and you come down and you see it and then you go up and you don't see it, it's another story. You're in double-mindedness. You're standing between the spirit realm and the soul realm. If you're in the spirit and you have heard the word of God today, don't budge from it. Just know when you get back up here, you carry the weight of the word of God with you. And you share with as many people as you possibly can. And tell them the truth if your heart bears witness with what you've heard and what you've been hearing here forever, as long as we've been on the air, as long as we've been here. I've got a call coming in. Let's see if I could take that call. And before I answer the call, let me make sure that I say good morning to uh, Brother Mark and say, Mark, Mark, good morning to you, sir. You're on the air. What's going on? Hey, good morning, Brother Vincent. Good morning to you, sir. I've got a question for you. Uh, I have a comment first, and then I have a question for you. My comment is that, you know, I, I have no problem divorcing myself and separating myself from the popular media. Um, I have had ill feelings about the internet and about television and more specifically about the new, the mainstream news media. I've had ill feelings about them for a long time. Uh, it's it, even before I understood <clears throat> the concept of spiritual warfare and the concept of the presence of evil spirits on us on planet Earth. I've been uncomfortable with television and radio and the news since a long time ago. And praise the Lord that 
my wife and I have come to understand the spiritual aspects of how evil the mainstream media really is. So that being said, I've noticed a real correlation between those whom, with whom I am acquainted, friends and family, who watch television chronically, and those who just fail to grasp the concept of the evil that is coming upon the planet now. And I, I just praise the Lord that when my wife and I look at the news, which we do a little bit on our telephones, we're able to see how all of what the news media is laying out before us has been totally predicted and totally described in Scripture. Thank God we don't suffer from the kind of confusion that many people do, non-believers specifically. So my question is, <clears throat> we, we know the Bible says that in the book of Revelation, Scripture says that the overcomers are numbered in as 144,000. Now, we know that there are believers all over the earth. There are millions and millions and millions of Christians. Yet, the number of overcomers is a tiny fraction of those people who are identifying as Christians. So my question is, in Scripture, we are told that believers will hate each other and betray each other and do damage to each other. I'm just wondering, are those really the true believers who are going to behave like that? Or are they the Christians who have fallen for the false doctrines, the false doctrines of once saved, always saved, the doctrines of imminency, and so on and so forth? Uh, it just it pains my heart to think that true believers who number amongst the 144,000 would be amongst those who would hate each other and, and betray each other and do harm to each other. You know what I mean? I do. Let me answer that question. Let me just, I think it's a great question and it sparks something in my spirit. Um, number one, there's a new video going around everywhere. It was sent to us. It was some, some woman. She's a little bit bigger in stature and, uh, kind of militant looking, and she begins her broadcast with, you can't lose your salvation, the rapture's coming, and I'm going to tell you about this new phone thing, they're going to be doing something, and she gives this really important information afterwards, supposedly, but right up front, she's talking about, uh, you can't lose your salvation, the rapture's on the way, et cetera, et cetera. She's beginning her entire conversation with just uh, justifying maybe her own condition or position and lying to people right up front, literally, biblically, lying to people because the Bible is very clear that the love of many will wax cold. He's referring to the body of Christ. They'll betray one another and hate one another, referring to the body of Christ. Scripture after scripture after scripture talking about the falling away, the defecting from the truth. Those who once were baptized with the Holy Spirit, partook of the Holy Spirit, escaped the world. They all turned back. It's everywhere. And yet this is the conversation. We get it all the time. The basis, the foundation of their conversation is built with a lie. I can't lose my salvation. I'm going in the preacher rapture. Both the biggest false doctrines to ever hit the earth in our generation in the last you know, number of years, 100 years, 1800s, whatever, and so, yeah, 
there is a very troubling reality to that, Brother Mark, um, and it's quite concerning because people are going, here, listen to this. Um, oh, here's the information, but they've just allowed a lie to possibly penetrate their heart and mind to get into their soul. Dangerous stuff. Yes, All right. sir. Okay. All right, Mark, do you have anything else to say on that one? or? Well, I just have a quick comment. You know, it, it is so critically important for believers really to pay attention to the whispering of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's okay to be looking at the news broadcast. I like to look at the news broadcast because sometimes I like to have a good laugh, you know. Uh, but it's just more and more and more important to listen to the Holy Spirit for our guidance and our direction and our news. Period. Amen. Amen. Great comments, Brother Mark. I appreciate you very much, my friend. You have a super blessed day, and thank you for making those comments. I've got another call coming in, area code 858-864. Is this the most beautiful woman on planet Earth, Patricia Joy Xavier? Is that you? It is me, but I'm not sure that that is a fact, (laughs) but I'll repeat it anyway. Okay. Um, Beautiful lady, would you please get a little closer to your microphone so we could hear you? Okay. How's now? Well, it's always a little low, but I will strain to hear. All right. Uh, tell me if it improves at this point. Much right better. Right now? Much better. Okay. My location. To simplify the question that has been asked, and I know that the enemy would be Can you hear me? Yeah, you probably need to go into uh, another place. Because we're All kind right. of hearing you double down here. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Let and there's no rush. Go ahead and get yourself settled. Yeah, there's no rush. Praise the Lord. Patricia Praise Joy is on the Lord. line. All right. Patricia Joy Xavier, author of the book Deliverance, the Christian Bill of Rights, servant of the Lord for nearly 40 years, doing the work of the kingdom. God bless you. And go ahead. Make your comment. Okay. Thank you. To simplify the question as to the deceptive doctrine that has gone forth that once saved, always saved, is absolute. A very simple scripture puts it very clear, and it is in this manner, he who endures to the end, the same shall be saved. Now, what is that endurance, and to what end? The endurance is to walk in faith and never turn back of your life. And whether it's at his coming or whether it is at the resurrection, all depends on that endurance. And what does endurance mean? It means to continue on. It means to put your hand to the plow and continue forward and not to look back. They who endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Because many loves will wax cold, Matthew 24, that will not be a fact for everyone because of their deceptive manner and way the enemy said even the elect can be deceived if possible. And body of Christ is possible. 
Some say it's impossible. He would have not brought that phrase up if it was impossible. It's a warning. It's a warning of the great deception that has come upon the earth and how we can endure it to the end, in the end of our life or the end to when he comes for us, the body of Christ. Amen. What a beautiful way to bring this broadcast to a close. Endure, 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 which means you've got to work it out daily to build up your spiritual muscle to be able to endure the tough, the tough stuff that's coming. And someone once said in the book of Jeremiah, I believe, that if we have been wearied by the footmen, what will we do when the prancing chariots come? Amen, Patricia Joy Xavier. God bless you. And thank you thank for sharing you. today. Yeah, God bless you. I love you. We'll see you in a little bit. And uh, we're going to close out our God. broadcast. Yeah, God bless you. It was a beautiful statement. Uh, we've run out of time. We're going to say goodbye for now to everybody. Thanks for tuning in in the chat room. Love all of you. Have a great weekend. Shabbat Shalom. I hope you'll enter into a Sabbath rest. I know that tomorrow the Women of Substance meeting is going on, and one Lori Roder is going to be sharing her testimony with the Women of Substance out of New Wine Ministry. That's going to happen tomorrow, and it's going to be an amazing testimony. So God bless everybody. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you Tuesday. And we'll see if the world is in the same place it is today. Only God knows. Stand fast, striving together in one spirit, one mind, until we meet again. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Goodbye.